Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, welcome to the GigTube Podcast. Tonight, I'm talking to Joe, wait, which side? This side, aka... Driven wild, what's going on, man? What's going on, Chad? How did you come up with the name Driven Wild? Um, so the original intent for my channel was actually supposed to be a blog, and what that I was trying to look for a domain name, and mm -hmm. it turns out that Driven Wild with an I was taken, so I had to find another way to spell it. So it turns out Driven Wild with a Y was the only one available. But the name itself, I just was going through a really strange part of my life where I wanted to be <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be more of a not entrepreneur like I wanted to be entrepreneurial, but I also wanted to be to to be able to access these systems like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub. So I was like why not driven wild? I think I've gone crazy enough, so why not? That works out. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, for a gig tube type, you know, genre, it's pretty accurate. There's another channel with the Y Wild. There's one called Wild Rhino. I don't know if you've ever seen that guy. No, I haven't. I don't think he makes as he doesn't put out as much content as he used to, but anyway, Kyle Dash is here as always. Said hey, gig homies. <laughs> So you're uh in like right outside Fort Lauderdale. Uh yeah, Fort... Lauderdale by the sea. I never understood like the names of towns where it's like it's a sentence. <laughs> like they like from I'm from Albany and I just found out a little while ago that you're like from New York City or Long Island. Long Island, yep. Okay. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> um and like upstate in Albany, like one of the little villages, right? Right off of Albany, there's a village called Castleton on Hudson. Yep. It's not just yep. Castleton. It's Castleton dash on dash Hudson. Actually, it's hot in here. I got to turn my fan on. Hopefully, this doesn't make too much noise. Anyway, so yeah, how did you end up in Florida? So By the way, I'll I put you on uh, full. This is, you have the floor now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up moving from New York to Florida in December of 2020. Um, during that period of time, I was living in New York for the first 28 years of my life. And one of the things I wanted to do in New York was actually build a business. But because it's so expensive to live there and the income tax there is one of the highest there is mm -hmm. in the country, it just made more sense to not be in New York when you're building a business. And I had family in Florida. I had a good offer on the place I'm currently living in. Well, renting, but either way. And I decided, you know what? I need a change. I need a change of pace for everything. And I decided on a whim to move to Florida in December of 2020. <laughs> That's funny because uh, I moved here in 
around Halloween of 2015, because I, you know, I'm from Schenectady, and then before I moved to Florida, I spent the last eight years in uh, Albany. Well, really, Gilderland, which is right off Albany. I don't know if you've been up yeah. there. If you know where Crossgate Mall is, I was like, well, not walking distance there, but really, really close. Okay. Anyway, yeah, because I had friends that moved to Cocoa Beach. To, they had they got jobs with a Florida beer beer company. Yeah, and they were just like raving about how much they love Florida. And I was working for GE at the time in Schenectady, and I got laid off. And uh, I was kind of like bouncing around doing all these t uh, temp jobs. And then they're just like, "You should just move to Florida." And that, like, similar story to you. I had family that was here. I had an aunt and uncle that live way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, if you know where, um, you know where Lakeland is. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Take Lakeland and just kind of like go 20, 30 miles east in the middle of nowhere. Like it's not, it's not Kissimmee. It's not Point Siena. It's like, yeah, it's just unincorporated um, Polk County. So they moved in the middle of nowhere because they were, they thought that would be like the safest place from hurricanes, but it's, it's just the, the biggest safest pain in the place, ass. Safest place from hurricanes in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, because it's the further it's like it, it's as close to the center of the state as possible. I was like, well, if the state starts flooding and it's like if it's flood so much that it's going to get to the middle of the state, that's like the end of the world apocalyptic scenario. So mm. that is true. That is true. So you have an uncle there or cousins? I actually my parents moved down when I was uh, okay. in college and. I was trying to make it in New York. I was bouncing around in with a lot of different career options that I had up there, but I just was never a job person. Like I just found that out about myself. About I was tw I started working when I was 16. Uh, I really I think it was about 24, 25 is when I really thought that, you know what, I can't just do a normal career because you tell me to do something, I'll do the work regardless whether you tell me to do it or not. But I just couldn't work. I just don't play well with others, it turns out. And <laughs> because when someone I feel like me, I'm talking here. That's, a, that's what I would say. <laughs> uh, Oops. The thing is, is that you could tell me to do it and then suddenly I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but one thing that I was one thing that I had was I had a lot of work ethic and then I saw people that I was working with and I'm being paid less than them. And I and they told me they were being paid more than me. I'm being paid less than them, but I'm working three times harder than they are. And I'm like, I can't, I can't live like this. So I started in DoorDash at 2018 and I figured I'm better off being in business for myself. But, um, I moved down to Florida. I'm sorry. I totally lost my train of thought. The original question was <laughs> like, uh, we were just out talking about how you wound up in florida so is that a house or apartment where you're at now uh condo condo, condo on uh right here in lauderdale 
How close are you to the ocean? Across the street. Oh, that must be yeah. nice. Yeah. I've, I've I actually, don't know, actually. I have never been to the beach. I thought about moving to Daytona Beach because there's a Amazon Flex warehouse out there, and I go up there. Actually, I've been going up there all the time lately. It's kind of a bitch of a commute because it's about 40 miles door to door. But um, these these Amazon Flex payouts, if you wait long enough, like they'll they'll build up over time, especially as they get closer to. Because I, I don't know if you know how how it, if you know how it works, but it's like a scheduled shift. It's yeah. kind of like a W two job almost, where it's like you have like you're signed. Well, well, you can pick which hours you want if it's available, but like if it's five to nine, you have to be there at quarter to five or five oh five the latest. If you're if you're late. Um, yeah, you lose the whole block. And actually, I was talking about this last night with uh, Hannibal and uh, Kim. I said I was actually late and they still were able to sign me in. And so like these blocks are awesome because like I always go for like the three and a half, four, four hour blocks because they never take that long. They usually take between two and two and a half, maybe three hours tops. So I got a three and a half hour block for ninety one dollars. Which even if it was a full three and a half, it's actually still a pretty good hourly pay rate. That's and uh, it only took me two hours. So I essentially made $45 per hour. And it was also nice because the route took me back pretty much to where I live. So as soon as I dropped off the last package, it's, you don't have to go all the way back to the warehouse. You're 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 done. You got you finished the job, you're paid. So I just turn on Instacart and Corner Shop and you know, all that stuff. So how is Corner Shop? Um, it's, it's great when it's busy, but they really haven't built up much of a, uh, a, an audience or a customer base here yet. Mm. It, it was, I was actually, I was doing pretty good with this like last year, like around Thanksgiving and all that. Um, but I only get like maybe one order a day now, but the, the customers <clears throat> are very generous tippers on a corner shop. Which I don't know if you do. Do you do Instacart, Corner Shop, Shipped, any of those? I do Instacart. I have I have shipped. I just I'm not a fan of shipped in comparison to Instacart and Instacart. I rarely do in the first place, but mm. I do have access to them. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, like one of the big controversies about Instacart is like you know they set the this the um the the standard default tip setting is 5% and it's always been that way. But I noticed like on with corner shop is that most customers will tip at least 10%, if not 20. Like I've like a month or two ago, I got a, and also the, the base pay with corner shop is fantastic because I know it's like whenever a, a new gig app comes out is that they will have really baller payouts to, to keep, you know, to, you know, build up a fleet of drivers, get the word of mouth yeah. going like this, this app pays a ton of money. Um, like, you know, and then started. Yeah. I mean, like how they all were, I mean, even Uber was like that in like 2010 or 11, whenever they first started, they used to have like a 80, 20 split. Like you would get 80% and they would get 20, which they should go back to. But anyway, and like even Instacart was like that in the first few years there too. We can't both drink at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you can get in with Corner Shop, um, I think you would be considered like the Miami market. 
um I, it's probably there so definitely check it out i mean i'm on the wait list i just haven't oh, okay. gotten on it yet yeah i will say the corner shop app itself like our 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 end the driver end is yeah god awful i don't know if you've ever done bite squad but it's like it's actually it's as bad if not worse than bite squad because like it's almost all text based but um i'll do a whole we can talk about that forever Mm. um <clears throat> so anyway i had a bunch of questions i came up with so um yeah so let's kind of go back to like when you started the channel last year i think it was like october or so uh um, my first video was in october i started posting yeah. consistently in november so what uh what was your inspiration you know to start making youtube videos well, the original intention was to actually do ride-along videos and, like, literally drive wild as I'm delivering food. <laughs> but uh, when I got all of my YouTube equipment and DoorDash had this huge glitch in their system and deactivated a mass of drivers and... They only reactivated certain number of them and then just claimed that I was that I was committed a violation, but they never told me what that was. And from there, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to put the YouTube equipment that I bought that I put my hard earned money to to waste. I'm going to put all of my DoorDash content up and. I'll find a way to continue making gig economy content. Yeah. So wh who was like your inspiration, like UDM or like, was there any as YouTube channels you were watching or? It was not really a single one. It was more like a collective of a bunch. Um, Pedro DoorDash Santiago, mm -hmm. uh, rideshare guy. UDM I heard about through the grapevine, but I didn't really get to know him until later, much later on. Which is, you guys are pretty close, because I know he's like right outside Miami, too. Yeah, that's how I ended up hearing about him. I went to a <laughs> restaurant and I, and I was talking about making YouTube videos about DoorDash. And he was and somebody said, hey, I, somebody was actually a YouTuber about DoorDash. They said it was a UDM or something like that. And I was like. Oh, look him up. And that's how I found his content. Yeah. Have you ever seen him in person? No, I have not. Okay. I don't know how far apart you guys are. I think he's in Hollywood and I'm in Lauderdale by the sea. So he's south of Fort Lauderdale. I'm north. Okay. You know, what's funny is uh, Jen on the go, kind of my rival. She moved from... Uh, I know she was somewhere in Massachusetts. She moved to Orlando. She said, I don't know which neighborhood. I mean, Orlando is depends what like I'm, I'm in Sanford, which is like 20 miles north of Orlando. And yeah. So it's kind of like for you, like you would say, like you live in Miami, even though you're like probably what, Congratulations. 20, yeah. 20, 30 miles north of, of Miami, hmm. you know? So, I mean, it's just easier to tell people you live in a big city than I would. Oh, yeah, I live in the suburbs. People, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so you just started doing like blogging and like the DoorDash tutorials and stuff. Were you? Did you watch uh, Bentley Coop? By the way, I'm wearing my putting the D in delivery shirt. I got this off Bentley Coop's store like two years ago. I still wear it every once in a while. Well, uh, mostly 
mostly around the house. I don't wear I don't wear this out when I'm driving. <laughs> hmm. Did I watch Bentley Coop videos? Uh, DoorDash Diaries. Yeah, I watched them here and there, but I never really became a committed fan. And I have nothing against his content. I just heard that he took a deal with uh, DoorDash at one point. And I'm always skeptical about talking about partnering with the gig companies because we all know how they tend to operate. But I just have a hard time watching somebody who I don't know whose full intentions are being spoken about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know that Coop is like on the payroll or whatever. It's just that he was also always such a big DoorDash cheerleader. And I mean, he still is. And I, I think they just kind of give him some kickbacks or perks or fringe benefits you know because he doesn't he never criticizes the company and he only works for doordash although his real job is you know he has like a t-shirt and clothing line hmm. and i think he just does doordash on the weekends or maybe once a week for all i know um yeah. to make content about and uh yeah it's a. Uh, I, I you know i like the guy i, I didn't want to start bashing bentley coop yeah, um, this just, is, that's like, not my really... intention. That wasn't what I was yeah. trying to say. I was just saying, like, it's hard for me to watch somebody who can't take, who can't understand both sides. Yeah. Yeah. He has, and he's a big cheerleader. I, I was, he's, yeah, he's made good points on all sides of arguments. You know, sometimes I agree with them, but um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. Did you read comic books when you were growing up? Yes. I, yeah, I did too when I was a kid. And I remember my comic book store guy told me that like back in the 40, like the golden age and silver age, they always say like, okay. they, only, they had like a finite number of stories and they would basically, it, it was enough to last about like five years. And then they would just start mm -hmm. the cycle over again because the, the readers would age out and new readers would come in. So they would recycle all those stories. Um, and that's kind of how Bentley Coop is that like his, a lot of his audience from 2018, 2019 is like, they're not doing DoorDash anymore, but he kind of rehash, recycle the content, which I've actually considered doing it myself. Like, you know, my channel, I have all those Instacart videos from 2019. Yeah. And I've considered remaking them, but it's just that I hate editing videos. I hate shooting videos. I hate scripting videos. I think scripting is probably the worst part. Shooting them is the easiest part and editing is not too bad. I mean, I don't have like fancy Adobe Premiere, Final Cut Pro or anything like that. I just have like Sony Vegas or whatever. Hmm. And um, yeah, so I mean, to actually sit down and like script it out or storyboard it out or just, you know, to plan it out is just such a pain. And I'm like, you know, I just rather do these live streams because I don't have to, I don't have to edit anything. I don't have to download anything and then re-upload it, which takes hours. Yeah. So um, yeah, walk me through like how, uh, like your your video processes or how like how your video making has evolved since last uh, last fall. I've, I've noticed you definitely changed like in, yeah, what six, yeah. eight months already? Uh, six months now, um, maybe seven. I, I haven't checked, but um, let's see. So when I first started, I would just shoot and be totally unscripted. 
And when I got started, I was just trying to get comfortable in front of a camera. I mean, it's still hard for me to look at the camera when I'm trying to make a video or even on a live stream because here's my computer. Here's where I am now. And I'm still very awkward. And this is a guy with literally less than no social media experience prior. And I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm talking about social media experience, Facebook, Instagram. I was very uh, laissez-faire about it. And when I got started, I just wanted to get comfortable in front of a camera. So I made my first video, which was a DoorDash gig review. And that took two hours to record and even longer to edit. And I said, you know what, let's try making the same video, except we won't do any editing. And we did. We started making like uh, article reviews in the DoorDash blog, um, which is basically all of the inner like inner stuff within DoorDash that people don't actually read until they actually have questions on the subject. So I was starting to read that and I did a video about Top Dasher and one about the FTC going after DoorDash and a bunch of other gig companies in a broad sweep. Um, but again, that was edit, like that was almost zero editing. But after a while, I realized I had to continually chop it down because yeah. 15 minutes, 20 minutes was a lot of time for a viewer to commit to watching. And as much as it doesn't seem like a lot to you and me, because we're on a live stream putting, I don't know how many hours, like how many mm -hmm. hours of content onto your channel. But to a viewer, that is 10, 15 minutes where they're not watching somebody else's video. So yeah. I was like, so I chopped that down. I started testing out the text bubbles, which was less than like, as you've noticed, it was less than positive experience to watch. What was that on your editing software or? Oh, uh, yeah, that like, was Camtasia. Is... Yep. Camtasia. Do you yeah. use OBS to film? No. Or OK. Lit altered Camtasia. Okay, so that's like a is that a cloud based? Uh, it's TechSmith. So it basically is the entire editing software. What I do is I literally go into Camtasia, put a mm -hmm. new project, uh, do a screen recording, which is the screen and then the camera facing me and this microphone. And I just make a video and I just make a video with that and I just go straight through editing that way. Do you like write a script or do you have like bullet points? It depends on the type of video I'm making. If I'm making a video about something I genuinely want to teach, like uh, six, like how to get increase your order priority on DoorDash or um, how to save money with budgeting or something of that effect i need to make a specific script for that but let's say it's gig economy news 
it's an article. I can react to the article, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much what I do. Is me read the article and then I react paragraph by paragraph. Yeah, I noticed that you like to take the. Uh, I don't know. If there's a name for it. I think it's called like jump cuts or something, where it's like you're talking and like you just cut out like all the dead air between words, almost like, "Hey, I am Joe, and this happened." And like, it's funny because uh, Jen on the go, her last video that she made, uh, well, actually her first video in Florida, she was shooting it in her backyard. And she was doing the same technique, but like the sun keeps changing. Mm-hmm. So like every few seconds, it's like it's sunny, it's shade, the wind's blowing, the wind's not blowing. And it's yeah. so distracting. And I mean, as a viewer, I kind of like the natural flow. Like even if it, like and as a content creator, like like my tutorials and stuff, whenever I'm going to make if, if I'm making a scripted video, like I actually there's a way you can do a what is essentially a uh, teleprompter. Like I'll write a script in like Microsoft Word and I can put it on the screen right here underneath the camera yeah so and i can look so i'm looking i'm actually reading the script and if you've you've watched close enough you can see my eyes move um Mm -hmm. but it looks like i'm looking into the camera so um i can i can show you how to do that if you want but um also but my point was it's just like if you're speaking you're you know improving it's yeah. just like the the ums and all that stuff. It's just it's just kind of natural flow and like unless like you're making like a really short video, like almost like a commercial or like a like a movie trailer or something, like the the jump cuts, like yeah. where there's no like very minimal space between words. It like it it kind of, it definitely comes off as like short attention span, and I think that works like if you have music or something going or yeah. like if you're 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 going back and forth between yourself and and pictures. You know who's really great at that is is my co-host Hannibal. You know him. He he makes great videos like that as far as you know himself. And then going to like stock footage or news footage or you know memes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Megan Raceman. Uh, yep. She well, I think she, hers is like a little too short attention span for me. Um, I kind of prefer like like compare like her videos to like nugs like the 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 basic premise is very much the same like as far as like ride along videos but like megan's videos are like you know like you're on speed or cocaine or something like eli esh his videos are like that too but like nugs is more chill you know like he 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 throws the memes in there and he's got the music going and stuff but it's you know, like he'll have like if he's gonna do a montage, it's kind of like a set montage, you know, in the middle. So, yeah. um, you ever thought about doing so, like like you said, like your channel was the intent was to like do ride-alongs and stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen you on TikTok and like you do the shorts yeah. where you're in your car talking to the camera, but I don't think you've done like a real, uh, like no, ride-along, like you know, I, I'm not a huge I'm. I think like ride alongs are like, you know, they're like steak and birthday cake, you know, like yeah. it, it, they're, they're, they should be a treat, you know, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have birthday cake every goddamn day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why like channels that do ride alongs every day or like are mostly ride alongs. Like it's kind of for me as a, as a viewer, it's, it's like, what are you, what are you going to do today that you didn't do the last 200 days? You know, so, I agree. I, I would recommend, um, I mean, I would recommend any gig tuber, 
you know, do at least one ride along video to just kind of see what a, a typical work day in your life is like. I'm, I'm sure you have the equipment to do that, right? Um, well, first off, yes, I can 100% develop you like either get the equipment or have the equipment available to do so. The problem is the main account, the main thing that I was doing that was making me the most money, which would be the most exciting for the viewers involved was DoorDash. And since mm -hmm. I'm deactivated from DoorDash kind of takes away from the entire point. And as far as my entire, my audience goes, 90% of them are DoorDash drivers or once were DoorDash drivers. Yeah. What is it about DoorDash specifically? Just because like they're the biggest, the biggest had the most market share, you know, well, so you you do Uber Eats now, right? Yeah, I and do Grubhub. a lot of Uber Eats and Grubhub. That's my bread and butter until the channel's monetized. Um, <laughs> but that being said, why do I think that DoorDash has the most market share? It's because they're working with what customers really want. And this is just an opinion of mine. It's worth what you pay for it. And. Last I checked, you're not paying me, so. <laughs> um, but there are three ways that you can a customer can receive a DoorDash driver, to my knowledge. There is a customer goes through the DoorDash app or the aggregator program. They order a meal from a restaurant. The order gets sent to the restaurant and to the dasher right away. Duh. The second is where they go through what I like to call fourth party apps. It's where you got an app like Chow Now, Menufy, Caviar, an app that doesn't necessarily have its own drivers or not enough drivers. And they end up outsourcing the order to DoorDash. Well, DoorDash owns Caviar. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. They could just own the company, but it's in the name of Caviar. They intended to order caviar. I thought they but, phased that out. Well, they did now, but oh, okay. when they first got, when they first had Chow now, they kept it alive for, I don't know how long until they eventually just put it all on one system. But people actually get mad at the idea that they order on an app like Menufy or Chow now, and then they get a DoorDash driver. Yeah. Um, even and, uh, Grubhub has that. Like Grubhub bought Seamless or something. They do. Remember, like my first Grubhub order, I went to text the customer and it has. Um, this is your Seamless driver. Joseph, yeah, I was like Jen. Seamless. I thought it was like a glitch. I never even heard of it until. Yeah. Until then, I just say Grubhub. It doesn't even do that anymore. Um, but what DoorDash does, and which is the majority of their income currently, to what I can tell is their white label program. Customer mm. goes through a main website. Let's say Anthony's Coal-Fired Pizza, Carrabba's uh, Italian Grill, or whatever it may be. And they go specifically... <laughs> <laughs> um, that comment was really funny. Um, yeah. But they go through those at websites specifically. They already have the order. And then they request for a driver. And then once that and then they can make alterations on the order on their end. For example, 
how much are the is the actual tip or did they not actually tip did they not actually tip the driver or did they not act did they tell DoorDash the entirety of the order? One time I picked up an Anthony's coal-fired pizza order and they told DoorDash it was only three items, three pizzas. I get there, 36 pizzas, 50 <laughs> wings, and 50 knots. And they do that specifically because they're being charged 30% of the order or whatever it may be, 15% if you go through the white label program. So right. they're only paying 15% of three pizzas, not 36 wings or 36 pizzas or whatever it may be. So mm. that's what's more. So, and that's what's more popular as a customer base these days. So you think like the restaurants are kind of scamming DoorDash just to save on the uh, delivery fee or whatever? I mean, with all due respect to cut DoorDash was scamming restaurants for a while. I so saw I a video. I saw a video you did. I think it was around Christmas about a like a Chinese store guy in. Yeah, I think it was in New York that yep. DoorDash took like fifty grand from him, and he was able to get most of it back. Yeah, he ended up getting the majority of it back. There is still a uh, one thousand or so difference to what at they actually received, but. They ended up leaving DoorDash. They ended up getting deactivated as a merchant from DoorDash. And they, after that, they ended up withdrawing $51,000 or whatever it was. And they only got back like 50000 or 49000 or something like that. Yeah, that, that happened when I was on hiatus with the podcast. I kind of, I'm sorry I missed it, you know. <laughs> I actually missed a, a bunch of stuff like when I was off for about four months. Anyway, I kind of wanted to get back to um, because Kyle, I don't know if you saw the chat, but um, he said, uh, I, I DoorDash still, if DoorDash still isn't reactivated, you should get a hold of a lawyer, just send them a letter and wrongful deactivation, they'll get back to you. And then he and he said, it, I think he meant if idiots like Eli, hey, it, Eli's not an idiot and BZ can get reactivated, so can you. Uh, yeah. I actually uh, tried that approach and it turns out the lawyers near me were not too willing to help me because Florida happens to be a right to work state, not a worker's right state. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the influence that I have now. And again, it's not much. It's 900 or so. So they didn't have any reason to reactivate me. And that's last part's just speculation but you could you could always just start the arbitration process yourself you don't need a lawyer just starting the, the arbitration is, process will probably get them to but the reason i wasn't it wasn't pursuing it was the mm -hmm. exact reason my lawyer told me that it wasn't a good idea to do it is because they never gave me a reason to why i was deactivated because if they don't have a reason to dispute they mm -hmm. can't dispute the reason you got deactivated. You said you got laid off as like part of a glitch or something. Where'd you yeah. hear that from? There was a, it was a lot of Facebook uproar about it in uh, October and September. And I was like, what, what happened to my account? And it turns out about a thousand dashers were affected by it. And this happens every now and then. You can end up finding it on um, 
Facebook where people just get deactivated in waves, whether it's a good reason or a bad one. But I've never I've never heard of that. I mean, it's kind of I mean, Facebook and Reddit, those types of places aren't always like the most, you know, reliable sources. That's a um, fair point. Too. I mean, there I'm, there's there could be like a truthiness to it. But I mean, it's just like if the media is not reporting on it and it's like it's not like you can just call DoorDash and ask. But um, so, I mean, if that's all you have to go on, I mean, somebody has to give you a better uh, reason. So what what apps are you working for now? Currently, I have access app wise to Uber Eats, Grubhub, Instacart, Shipped and Roadie. But I haven't really done anything with Roadie. Yeah, Roadie's garbage. I actually, I actually just deleted the Roadie app today. I mean, I didn't deactivate really? my account, but yeah, in my area, Roadie's absolute garbage. I mean, it's it's almost all it's Home Depot, Advanced Auto Parts, same Best Buy, and it, they pay fifty cents a mile, so they're almost never worth it. The only time that they're worth it is like if you happen to just be in the parking lot of the store or really close to it, and it's like a real short delivery distance because it's kind of like doordash where they have like a a minimum and it's usually like six or seven dollars i don't think i've ever seen a payout less than seven dollars on roadie so roadie's only worth it if you're in the store parking lot and it's like two or three miles and you're it's like and also like all the apps are dead and you got nothing yeah. else to do like yeah. or just by some miracle like i don't know if you ever see once in a while they'll have you'll see really really long distance ones on there like 50 mm -hmm. 100 200 miles like if for whatever reason you just happen to be going that way and you know you can lug somebody's couch or whatever <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times uh, those those long distance ones it, you look at the details it'll say xl and it's always I, like some it's just a couch or so, some kind of like a plumbing supply or some some huge thing that's not going to fit yeah. in my honda fit yeah what do you, what do you drive by the way I drive a 2018 Toyota RAV4. All right. Yeah, so you got a lot of room there. I got a fair amount of room. Um it's what I wanted when I got a when I got my new car before this I was driving try making. Yes, I am aware of that being a possibility to the guy in the comment section. I am mm -hmm. aware of that being a possibility and that is something I'm pursuing in the future. But at the moment, I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers first, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, so in the future, that is definitely something I'm going to look into. Um, but yeah, when I got my new car, when I moved here, I drove down here from New York to Florida in a 2011 Nissan Rogue. And that car was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, Did you get an accident or something? No, it was, it was, that car's never been in an accident, shockingly enough. Well, no, that scratch that. It's never been in an accident in my possession. I bought it used. My mom's friend, um, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I bought the car for $9,000. It was a very easy transaction. Uh, I heard a lot of good things from my mom about Nissan Rogue. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll get a Nissan Rogue. 
and it was cheap so and i had the money uh first thing that happened was the transmission died um and to keep the car alive i put four thousand dollars to replace that and the axle that the mechanic broke and there was a whole bunch of issues from that point to the point of coming all the way down to florida um Oil needed to be changed. I had to get a new alternator. The AC broke the day I moved down. Hmm. And in Florida, that is a nightmare. Um, changed the tires three times. And a whole bunch of other repairs that we couldn't even figure out. Oh, and the transmission, blo- the, not, the gearbox broke twice or three times. And in order to keep that car alive, I put $25,000 to keep it alive instead of doing the intelligent, the fiscally responsible thing and just replacing the car. Um, (laughs) So eventually I did replace it with a car I used to have, which was the Toyota RAV4. I used to have a 2005 Toyota RAV4 or something like that. And I was like heartbroken to a point when I lost it. So <laughs> I ended up getting another one. So I'm pretty happy about that. I don't know if you saw in the, this guy, Red Pill, when multi-apping, should you log out of the ones not delivering at the moment? No, I don't log out. Um, it depends on how quick in how how fast the orders are coming and especially on doordash like if i'm doing like a long distance grubhub or uber eats and the doordashes keep coming in and they're you know nine times out of ten they're crap offers like two three dollars or whatever like i'll just pause the orders on doordash because like even if you kill the app it'll still you'll still get the notifications well well, for me, DoorDash was my bread and butter out here because the majority of people were ordering through Anthony's Coal Fired Pizza. I was part of their pizza and catering program, and turns out no one else was. Yeah. Um, so that was through the majority DoorDash? of my... Yeah, it was pretty much $20 orders left, right, and center um, for DoorDash. So that was what it was like when I first moved down. If I were to say multi-apping for all three, because I've only had, I had Uber Eats and DoorDash when I moved down. I didn't get on Grubhub until a little bit later and, and I was deactivated. But if you should log out, because Uber Eats has a driving time limit, I would actually say yes for Uber Eats, you definitely should log out. But no, not for DoorDash, because scheduling actually gives you a higher priority, according to the website, to actually receive better offers. But you're deactivated from Grubhub, too? No, I'm not deactivated from Grubhub. Oh. I signed uh-huh. up for Grubhub when I w- when I moved down and I was on a waiting list and I didn't get activated on Grubhub until I was already deactivated on DoorDash. Okay, yeah, I was on a wait list for Grubhub for like two years. You were Actually, in New York, right? When you yeah, signed up? No, no, I was. It was here. I really? applied in 2018. Well, actually, I don't know when I applied with Grubhub. Probably 2019. It was definitely pre-COVID. 
And then I got on about a year ago. I made a my first day with with Grubhub. I did a ride along video. I, I think it's actually my best ride along video. I forget what it's called. I think it's called My Grub Dash Eats Weekend or something. It's about a year ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know Grubhub has a really long wait list. It took me a month. Yeah. And well, you came in during COVID. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. Are you how? How many Grubhub orders do you get? Is are they as ready so, as Uber Eats, or is it? Because I get like maybe one an hour, and or well, it's not true. It depends on how busy it is. But like during the lunch rush, I'll they'll be pretty fast and furious. But the problem is mm -hmm. they're always going like to the middle of nowhere. Like I get these offers. I think like I've seen ones as many like twenty five miles <laughs> going out to the woods in the swamps. That's freaking you know, yikes, man. There, there's no reason they should deliver that far. Um, so for around here, I rarely see an order that doesn't fit the dollars to mile ratio. Like, I usually see a lot of orders that are like eight miles for 10 bucks or something like that. And if they weren't going in areas that I was not a hundred percent sure of, I might've taken them. But at the same time, I just feel like my area is phenomenal when it comes to tipping. So I don't want to get too far away from it. Um, is it Cause it's a, a very touristy area. Yeah. Or so where I live, high income. Oh, more like retired and ready to let go of their possessions <laughs> income. But that being said, this is a very snowbirdy-esque area, so I'm entering my slow season around here. Um, it's also a very touristy area, so Commercial Boulevard is always insane, and you can never get by it. And literally, the majority of the inspiration of my TikToks is from that one intersection mm. on the A1A. Um, that A1A goes up the entire east coast of Florida because it goes up through Cocoa Beach and Daytona Beach. Yep. I've been and there. And then, yeah, and drawbridges are a little insane around here. Well, actually, if if tourists are make up a, a big, you know, our demographic, then you know, with people vacationing in the summer, yeah, um, like it's already like last week it was like in the nineties a bunch of times. Although it's cooled down, yeah, the last few days, which is great for me because i like to run <laughs> um yeah so i mean i assume business would stay pretty stable i would it's, think like maybe like around christmas would probably be like your slow time no christmas is the most insane time no that's the opposite here it's oh. christmas is like dead really <laughs> yeah because oh we don't have goodness. where i am there's no real snowbirds and if there are they don't come down until after christmas got you got you and like i'm over an hour from Disneyland or Disney World, so I'm I'm not getting any of that. So for around here, snow the slowest seasons are well the first couple of months of the year, like everywhere else, and then at the end of this year, at the end of April, beginning of May, and it kind of picks back up in June because schools are starting to go out and people are starting to go on vacation. But this is where people are really focusing on a lot of school stuff. There's no more spring breaks. This is kind of like their, all right, I'm focusing on work kind of area. And that's just not that good. There's no tourists 
there's no snowbirds. It's pretty much just the people who live here. And some the most of the most of the money would come from DoorDash. It's just Uber Eats is just not as lively. Mm. Mm. Um, let's see. I got my standard GigTuber questions here. I've already asked you most of them. Uh, all right, so do you use iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, I was going to say if you use Android, you could use Driver's Utility Helper. Well, I, you don't do DoorDash. Mm. But there's also Maximo, which it does integrate for Uber Eats and Grubhub. That's true. But That's it's true. only on Android. Um, now I'm starting to feel like see. you're rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I have a... Actually, here's my... Gary actually sent me this old Android. I just use it for... Uh, actually, I've been using it a lot for Flex Helper lately. Um, anyway, um, so do you have like a certain... Do you have like a pretty much set schedule like as far as days and hours you work? Because I'm... I'm I'm I I'm kind of like that where I pretty much work like well I mean it changes depending on the season and also like what apps are hot and which apps are cold like right now okay. Amazon Flex is really hot and everything else is really cooled down so gotcha. um like I used to get up at like five in the morning work out and then try to be out the door by seven a.m. and then it'd be home in time for dinner but weekdays during the day are pretty slow and like Instacart is pretty much dead on arrival now <laughs> um at least hardly anybody well hardly anybody who tips well uses it around here anymore That's corner true. shop same here corner shop they people are good tippers the problem is like i said i only get like one or two orders a day I just can't you get by on that bastard. <laughs> yeah um so what i've been doing the last few months is i'm kind of doing like an afternoon night shift now where mm -hmm. I, I don't even like get out the door until noon one or even two o'clock and then i'm usually home by eight or nine that's like when i schedule our live streams i always schedule them for 10 because a lot of times we do those amazon blocks at a daytona and you never know where you're going to go until you get your rack the absolute worst is if i and this happened to me last week i had to go all the way up to saint augustine mm -hmm. which is almost an hour north of daytona and you're almost in jacksonville and then i had a deadhead home like 80 80 miles i mean it's all highway and it's at night so there's like no traffic but still i have to eat all those miles mm. coming home you know yeah. um yeah so like and i used to take saturdays and sundays off just because like if i you know i'm trying to have a social life you know and like everybody else works monday through friday and they have and they're free on the weekends and i mean since I'm my own boss, I can take off whenever I want. But mm -hmm. Amazon, the nobody else wants. To, if you follow me, you gotta follow me on Instagram, man. I, I saw you have an Instagram, uh, yeah, so account, I, but you gotta get on there. Instagram, I'm telling you, is I. I mean, I know a lot of TikTok is the the big social media app right now, but I, I like yeah. Instagram the best out of all of them. And uh, so I posted on my Instagram the stories a few days ago. It's like on Saturday and Sunday. There was a $124 block for Amazon just sitting there. And like nobody wanted it because it was a Saturday night, you know? And so I'm like 124 block for Amazon Flex. Yeah, for four hours, which is really more like it could be anywhere from two to three, maybe three and a half. But it I'm, unless you're unless you don't know what you're doing, it they a four hour block never takes four hours unless like you 
stop to eat dinner or you get a flat tire or something gotcha. like that. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I'm back to Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my day off. And then I'm basically like noon to eight ish. So that was a really, really long intro to ask what your schedule is like. <laughs> so for me, when I first moved down to Florida, I was trying to just make as much money as possible. And I'm kind of still that way. I'm a bit of a workaholic. So my schedule for me when I was a, mainly a DoorDash driver, but I had a, a couple of other apps. I worked from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day because I am a workaholic with a problem. Um, <laughs> but I liked that. I was able to cherry pick for the most part. So I wasn't really working the whole time. I was just waiting for good orders and I was doing whatever I wanted during the day. And I was working on other things, trying to figure out what my side project outside of my current project was, which was DoorDash. And that's why I wanted to start the YouTube channel because I wanted to make that a thing. Um, but yeah, that was my, my work schedule for the most part was 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. But when I got deactivated, one of the things I realized about myself was I was such a workaholic. I didn't really have much of a social life. So I'm kind of where in your space right now where I'm trying to have a social life, but if I continue to go deeper and deeper into like, let's say I do get back on DoorDash. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to schedule myself every day from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week again. And I'm going to tell my social life to take a flying leap. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's the paradox though of, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know that guy, Bud Soda. I know he's a big UDM fan and uh, he's Rideshare Rodeo talks about. So he's he's trying to make six figures this year. And he's basically he's kind of like doing like what you're doing. Like basically, mm -hmm. if he's not sleeping, he's working. Um, so, I mean, if you want to make six figures, that's two thousand dollars a week. And you could still take two weeks off for vacation. But in, in my market, like I think even if you worked 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., I, I still don't think you could do two grand unless you had like one of those instacart bots or something like that yeah you would you need some kind of performance enhancing software of some sort yeah um or you but, gotta uh, make or you gotta have an income that's independent of your activity which would be youtube in yeah. some sense kyle said everybody knows bud soda well my <laughs> point was the paradox is you're working and working to make all this money but it's like what is the point of making all this money if you don't have any downtime to spend it, unless like you're in debt to the mob or something like that, you know, or I mean, if you just have like, you know, loans and, and debt, like if you're on the phone with Dave Ramsey, you know, if you're one oh of those God. people, I was like, I'm, yeah, I am not, you know, I mean, I have like a little bit of credit card debt and I'm still paying off that UCF program that I took last year. Um, so, I mean, I'm not working to pay off debt or loan or anything like that you know i'm i live comfortably and it's like i could take like a month off just for kicks if i wanted to so yeah. you know my point is is it's like you know what's the point of you're working to make all this money but you're always working so you have no time like what are you spending your money on like other than your bills and food and all that stuff you know so my goal was when i was doing that 
was to if I and this is just a this is a personal thing for me. This is not for everybody. I have this irrational fear of if I take a day off, then that's when all of the money is just going to disappear and I will not, and I'm not going to be able to financially recover from it because one stupid thing happened. It's this paranoia that I have and I just have to get, and maybe it's just my upbringing that did that. Maybe it's just my life, like constant state, but that was just my that was just the really only reason I was doing that. It's not so much to kill debt. Yes, I have a little debt, but I'm not so far in debt to where I can't just, you know, like I would fall off the earth tomorrow in debt kind of debt. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Eric here. Eric and Kyle and uh actually I haven't seen uh John McCallion in a while, but those guys are like the the gig tuber groupies. They're here. Like almost nice. every show, the gig tuber groupies. Um, awesome. Yeah, so let We're me let me get back you. to my uh, my my boilerplate questions here. Um, do you have a dash cam in your car? I do not. I need to actually get a dash cam. One of the things I'm yeah. looking for is a dash cam that's not just good for being a dash cam because a lot of dash cams can give you good footage. But is it going to be quality footage to where I can actually put in a YouTube video? That's what I'm currently looking for. Well, check out some of my rideshare or ride along videos because I use a black view. It's it's a very expensive camera, but it's it's worth How it. How much? Um, it depends what model you get. I mean, I used to have one that had night vision because I used to drive Uber and Lyft at night, and I needed one for the inside of the car. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't. I almost never do ride share anymore and i i almost never drive at night anymore so but the camera i have now it shoots in 1080p inside and outside and nice. you can you can use i've i've used the footage it's good for actually you kind of want to do the sound quality is not great i wish there was a way that you could plug a mic into it so but really? like the, the the video quality is really good but what you can do is if you have like an old you know spare android or something like uh -huh. that use that as your mic in fact, you could even like get a lapel mic and plug yeah, it in. Yeah, I was actually going to yeah. say, can you plug a lapel mic into the thing, into the dash not, cam? Not into the dash cam. I mean, there might be some out there where you can, or maybe you can get like some really? kind of Bluetooth. Maybe. That's what I'm looking for, though. That's what I'm looking yeah. to actually get is After, a lapel uh, cam and a dash cam that can work like that. That's what, if I, when I'm shooting my ride alongs, like, you know, I have my iPhone as my phone phone, and then I have my old Android as the camera. And I do have a, do I have it over here? I was thinking about a GoPro as well. Maybe yeah. GoPro. You know what you should do is, uh, you should watch uh, Nugs because he has a, he has, he has a whole whole body set. cam set up yeah. and everything. The, yeah, those GoPros, if you want to do the whole, all the way from the car to the restaurant to the car to the customer's door. Yeah, like you can get the chest mount. Actually, I think I have it. I have, I have this junk drawer down here. <laughs> uh -huh. I clean it out like maybe once a year. Uh, it's probably in the closet right now. But anyway, so yeah, you can get a GoPro and you can get the chest mount or you can get the hat. Actually, Megan, she uses the hat. 
Doesn't Mushimu uh, actually use the hat too? Yeah, he has the hat too. Yeah, mm. he's out in uh, like uh, Saint Pete or something. Yeah, yeah, he's way on the uh, the Gulf Coast. Mm. Um, all right, so all right, get back to the questions. How do you get the food smell out of your car? Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I other than just rolling the windows down, I don't really worry about it. Yeah, you know it is. It's a. Uh, it was a problem for me initially because when I would drive, I would get hungry, and I don't know if you noticed. I uh, I do <laughs> happen to like to eat, and when that it basically meant that I couldn't drive without being hungry. Um, so now I have to eat something before I go out or just have something available for me to eat when I go out. And yeah, I, I need to too. have air fresheners in the car just in case it gets bad enough. You know what I mean? The best one is probably just Lysol because it actually cleans the air. Like the the trees, the pine Isn't trees you would hang from the... Though? What is the one that's a little bit toxic if you breathe it in? Well, I mean, you're not supposed to breathe any of them in. You're probably maybe osium, the one you're thinking of. Probably. Osium yeah. is I've had yeah, you know, I've had the same can of osium since like 2018. Mm. I used to use it in the car when I did rideshare. It's it's very, very pungent. I just live in the bathroom now. You just like that, and like it makes yeah. it has this weird like key lime pie smell to it. <laughs> Kyle said you can put the food in your trunk. I well, wouldn't even risk that, honestly. If you I know anything about the, the way seat. I drive, I wouldn't even risk it not being an arm's length. I always put it on the seat or, or right behind the driver's seat. Yeah. Or if I have to go through a drive-thru, then I put it on the floor of the passenger seat. But Yeah, um, that is actually one thing I do. I have seat covers for the front mm -hmm. seat of my car and the floor mats that are specifically weather-made. So that way. Oh, yeah. If, like weather yeah. tech or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish everybody do, would do that. It's you're going to have your car for years and years and years. And people see the the sticker price mm -hmm. on, on weather tech and it scares them away. Like, oh, that's so expensive. But it's like, well, that's like maybe yeah, one month's being car said, payment, you know, that's going to last said, the lifetime of your car. Yeah. But <laughs> that being said, because you're dealing with food and a lot of times food does have, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Red pill. <laughs> um, when you're dealing with food there, sometimes there's going to be a liquid at the bottom of whatever tray or it's, there's going to be a leak. And because on the passenger side of the car, there is a uh, control boards and other computerized stuff that can actually affect the car itself. That was one of the problems I had with the Nissan Rogue is that the leaks from the food actually affected the functionality of the vehicle. So mm. at that point, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this with my Toyota RAV4, I'm going to make sure that my child, yes, I call it my child, my <laughs> child is going to be taken care of. And I got WeatherMade tech for it. Yeah, definitely recommend that. I've had a few videos where I mentioned those. Um, yeah, too bad you weren't doing GigTube last year when I was doing my charity challenge. Right, I challenge everybody to make a, a tour of their gig mobile. 
Maybe yeah. maybe I'll do that again this summer. We'll see. Mm. Um, all right. So, what would you say most delivery drivers are doing wrong? As far as food delivery, I think the first thing they're not doing is getting a pizza bag. <laughs> um, some people look at the DoorDash pizza bag or getting a pizza bag from a store and they think, oh, it's just a hassle to have. But I, w I lived in my area, didn't like, first of all, some people believe it's you got to be invited to it. There's actually a form that you can l actually fill out on the DoorDash website. And that'll kind of say, hey, I'm interested in this. Would you send me an invite? And you'd have to show them your pizza bag and catering bag, but that's fine. But the purpose yeah. of that is that you would have more access to higher quality orders. Now, that being said, does that mean customers are going to tip better? It depends on the your area. That's a very market-dependent thing. But... 43% of my income from 2020 was basically pizza, like completely changed because of the pizza bag. Because in 2021, it was a 43% increase because I was basically focusing on pizza orders. And mm. then in 2020, I made 28,000 that year. And then this year I made like 40,000 just from DoorDash alone in half the time. Wow. Uh, what are most restaurants doing wrong? Treating their drivers like garbage. Mm -hmm. um, so I, for, forget the fact that some restaurants use the white label program and adjust the tips. That's one thing in itself that's a completely different argument. But the fact that you're prioritizing customers that are in person or customers that are ordering over the phone or any other customer before the customers you currently have, and you're just choosing not to move those orders along. In my mm -hmm. opinion, that's very disrespectful to what is a majority of your income for what was 2020 and 2021. Yeah. I would say, you know, what most, I can't believe so few restaurants do this, but I, I hardly ever, I used to see it more often. I don't even see it that much anymore. Is like you go into a restaurant and you would tell me you're with DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever, and they would have their own hot bag or like a, a a fridge that's not a fridge. Like it's actually the only place I know that still does this is Buffalo Wild Wings. You tell me you're with Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash. They go like they they pull your order out of a out of reverse. a hot box or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, actually, now they've been putting it on a shelf, but um, and also putting people's food on a shelf where anybody can grab it. Like it's the worst at Chipotle. I've had, I don't know how often you do Chipotle orders, but there's been quite a few times um, where I get there and the order's not there. And I say, Hey, I'm here to pick up so-and-so. And they're like, we already put it out there. I'm like, well, it's not there. Mm. And they're like, all right, well, give us 10 minutes. We got to remake it. <laughs> uh, like, Chipotle orders out here in my mm. area. They just don't have good tipping customers. So I typically don't take them. But when I do, I'm I usually accept that I'm kind of waiting about ten minutes in order to get the yeah. order. Chipotle is a good example of like what you're talking about before, like the difference between white label and because, um, like, as a customer, whenever I order Chipotle, I don't go through DoorDash or Reads. I go through the Chipotle app because then I get points, and then I use those points to get free stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you don't you, if you order through DoorDash or through uh, Uber Eats or whatever, um, you don't get the points, and also. 
Uber it's Eats actually has more loyalty program. Yeah, well, that that's through Uber Eats, but like I'm talking about for Chipotle specifically. Yeah. Um, like I even have the Chipotle app on my phone, and there it's funny because um, the problem when you have a restaurant app on your phone is they're always sending these notifications like today's sale or you know, and like because uh, Chipotle they they'll do free delivery every once in a while, or I think deliver if you order through Chipotle, it's only a dollar, at least mm-hmm. where I am. So I mean, it's like next to nothing. The problem is, I mean, yeah. it's still. By the time I order my bowl and all that stuff and tip and all that, it's still going to cost me like double what it costs in the store. Yeah. But it just depends on if I'm too drunk or high to go get it myself. <laughs> hey, Dashing Grandpa's here. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Dashing get... Grandpa. He's out in Texas. Mm. Um. All right. And then, of course, what are most customers doing wrong? I think... And this is a main communication problem. And I'm not even going to get into the tipping thing because I don't. And this is a very controversial opinion of mine. I don't want customers who choose not to tip on their own to start tipping. Because the same customers that choose not to tip on their own are also the same customers that don't that always leave a poor rating. It's always one star or they'll find the littlest thing wrong and make a comment about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want the I want to know exactly who they are so I could decline them. So you guys keep doing what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I would the, say the I'd say side, not labeling their houses. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. But um, I think the other thing that I would note here is thinking that it's the driver for missing items where we're not even permitted to look in the bag half the time because the bag is sealed. But unless they, it's like a drink or something that wouldn't be in the bag. Well, that's uh, yeah. well that would be an obvious thing and I think that's something the dasher should be like, "Oh, there's a thing." <laughs> no <laughs> yes, tip, make no a trip. sandwich. I think Pedro um, came up with that, isn't that Pedro? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. 100%. But um but missing items, like I'm not permitted to look in the bag. Uh, unlabeled houses are the worst, especially when yeah. you got to do like almost like reverse engineer through the GPS. All right. It brought me here and this is this number and that's that number. Yeah. And, and where I live and probably I assume where you live, there's probably like brand new apartment complexes and they're so new. Like they're not even on the GPS. Like the GPS just takes you to the gate and then. They don't like there's this one up on the north east side of Sanford and mm-hmm. it's this huge, huge complex. And like there's nothing is labeled like so you don't know the building number like and then like you go like you find a door or a stairwell and like a good apartment complex. It'll say, you know, apartments 100 through 104 and then or, you know, 105 through it, like it'll be labeled. No yeah. labels. So you have to walk around this giant. It's like almost like a, a college dorm. You know, it's like that big. My favorite is that. when they're also a gated community. So you need a code just to yeah. get in through the gate. And then once you get there, you got to find which building mm-hmm. of the many buildings, because it brought you to the gated community. It didn't bring you to the actual address, the GPS. So you got to figure out which building was the right building. And then they're all basically the same apartment numbers. It's still 101, 102, 103. And you got to figure out which one is right. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Uber Eats, the in-app GPS, 
they've they've definitely fixed it and actually now the customers when they order they can drag the pin mm-hmm. to where they are if yeah. they can be bothered to do that because like Sometimes. my apartment complex is like that too because like if you type in my street address the entire complex shares the same street address yeah so like and and also like the, so like and it, nine times out of ten the drivers never been here they just drive right by and then they have to do this two mile u-turn you know <laughs> and i'm like just pay attention to the gps um, um what go ahead. they also integrated with beans if i'm not mistaken correct beans maps um i've never used beans i know beans used to be free but now they charge you i think it's like five bucks a month or something yeah but they integrated their system with uber eats and that's how they're able to get the unit number without the customer consent or whatever it may be oh really i hadn't heard that you should see amazon flex they have the most accurate gps if you're off like if you're just doing deliveries in the suburbs just regular houses and you're off by one house Mm -hmm. it it'll it'll tell you it won't let you complete the delivery yeah um one of the things i i actually do want to sign up for that i just don't know what it's actually um like out here because (laughs) a lot of the area around here is not a suburbal it's more like condominiums and buildings and buildings of condominiums so they're suburbs but that's mainly what you're looking at Mm -hmm. so um, but who knows? I'll check it out. I definitely want to sign up for it at this point. Ever since you've been talking about it, you've definitely turned me on. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a single greatest delivery experience? Like one you're like, that's really memorable. The most memorable delivery experience. I feel like there's a bunch of like orders where I found a hidden tip. And mm-hmm. those were great. But one time I ended up with delivering during Christmas time in New York. Um, I delivered to this one place on the border of Belmore and Wontaw. I picked up, it was a big order. So it was, I think it was 10 or 15 items or something like that. And I picked it up. It took me a very short amount of time to get the restaurant and I got to the uh, customer's address. First of all, the customer handed me a cash tip. I didn't even Mm -hmm. have time to look at it by the time I received it, but I wanted to get to my car. I said, thank you. I got to my car because I was uh, parked in a questionable manner as far as legal purposes. (laughs) Um, but I complete delivery in the app, and the app was a 60-some-odd-dollar order through the hidden tips. And I received the cash tip. It was $1, $1, $5, $10, $20. Wow. That was $100 in a single order. I was like, I'm good. I'm happy. <laughs> was it a party or something? or? It look it was on Super Bowl Sunday, so I wouldn't. Be, uh, okay. No, I'm sorry, that's not right. It was Christmas time, so I wouldn't be too surprised if it was. Um, but there were times where I was just like picking up for the Super Bowl, and it was also a big tip. But that one in particular was. It was. I knew it was a holiday. It, I just forget what holiday it really was. Hmm. What about um? Do you have a 
weirdest or worst delivery story? Actually, out here, yeah. Um, I ended up going to a Italian restaurant, and one time, what picked up the order? I think it. I don't think it was Carabas. I think it was Anthony's or Carabas or something like that. They gave me boxes of food and they had me deliver it to their home. The address they gave me led me to a base, a local baseball field, like a baseball Mm. diamond. There were bleachers on the sides and all that. And I tried to call the customer. Turns out that customer decided that she didn't want to pick up her phone. I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling over and over again. And it the timer ran out and I couldn't really complete the order. But I felt a little weird delivering it to a literal baseball field. Hmm. So I decided, you know what, let me call Dasher Sport, see what they're going to say. And this was at a period of time where I was like, I really just don't even want to risk anything with my account. Um, there were people there or was it empty? It was literally the dead of night empty. Well, oh, at least geez. it seemed that way. It seemed like a setup for a serial killer or something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm a little concerned. Let's see what happened. Yeah, what that's, that's Dasher scary. Gonna say. So I called Dasher Support. They said they were going to contact the customer and see if they have better luck. Uh, they were. They couldn't. They tried calling three times apparently, and they did not pick up the phone. Um. So what ended up happening was. They told me that I could leave it at the baseball field. I'm like, you know what? Uh, Just because I want to cover my own ass. It's not about you. It's about me. I just want to cover my own ass. Can I get the reference number for this phone call? Mm -hmm. And they gave me the 10, nine or 10 digit number for the call. Right. And literally, I just wrote it down. I picked up the food. I brought it to the bleachers. And I see a kid on FaceTime with somebody. And he's like, oh, that's not mine. And he's talking inwardly. You're like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's not mine. Or something yeah. like that. Um, and I was like, no, it's not about you. It's I'm a DoorDash driver. The customer didn't want to pick up their phone. They told me to leave it here. So I'm leaving it here. He's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I I did the whole photo thing, sent it to the customer, and I brought, started walking back to my car. Customer immediately calls me back as soon as I complete the order. And I, I pick up the phone. I say, hello. And sh- she started yelling so loudly. I heard her voice from his FaceTime. And... <laughs> I was like, okay, I I see where this is going. And I basically was like, hey, look, I tried calling you, and I looked in my recent call log 42 times. Dasher Sport tried calling you fought three times, and I couldn't even get a word in edgewise because she was too busy yelling at me, trying to tell me I didn't deliver it to her and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I hung up the phone and I moved on, got gas. And Dasher, uh, someone who was from the Dasher support team ended up calling me and asking me what happened. 
I gave him the reference number for the call. I contacted, I told him exactly what happened, and they kind of moved on. So it was the kid used his mom's account, or I think the kid was part of one of those customer scams to where they like they put it at the wrong address and then they claimed they didn't get the food and they tried oh. to get free food out of me. Your uh, your internet just went super choppy all of a sudden. Oh, so I uh, where you. I don't know if you're. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, super blurry. If you get a VPN, turn that off. I don't have a VPN. That's the weird part. Okay. Um, everybody should have a VPN, but I always kill it when uh, when I'm doing these live streams. I should have. I should have. Are you on Wi-Fi? I am on Wi-Fi. Be... Yeah. Hmm. But if nobody else is using it, you should be fine. I mean, I um... live alone. <laughs> but um. Well, you know what? We're going uh we're going pretty long here, so I'm going to jump right to the uh the uh lightning round. Sure. And I'm going to I'm going to cut these down. I don't know if you saw any of the other episodes. You know, and I forgot last week when I was interviewing Tony, I forgot to ask him these. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, your video is like frozen, so um just if you haven't seen this before, it's just one or the other. Just just don't think about it, just answer, you know. It's so it's all, all right. just one or the other. All right, ready? Ready. Cats, cats or dogs? Dogs. Beer or wine? None. <laughs> Simpsons or Family Guy? None. Actually, no uh, Family Guy. Baseball or basketball? Baseball. Cars or trucks? You can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, cars. Coffee or tea? None. Really? Really? Well, I think I know the answer to this one. Yankees or Red Sox? Yankees. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. Xbox or PlayStation? PC. <laughs> uh, Tetris or Dr. Mario? Tetris? Uh, soup or salad? Crap. Um, depends <laughs> on the suit. Uh, let's see. Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones? None. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Christmas or Hanukkah? Christmas. Fourth of July or New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve? Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Me too. Uh, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street? Never seen any of them. <laughs> Blondes or brunettes? Both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel for movies, DC for TV shows. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Walmart or Target? Walmart for... Prices target for cashback deals. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mm, I really don't have an answer for that one, actually. <laughs> uh, Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin. 
Rush or Dream Theater? Don't know. Cashews or peanuts? Peanuts. McDonald's or Burger King? None. I haven't eaten fast <laughs> food in a long time, actually, now that I think about it. And last but not least, with toilet paper or paper towels, does it go over or under? Over? Who uses <laughs> under? <laughs> there is no right answer because like well actually with paper towels you do it under you can you can usually rip it with one hand mm. but with toilet with toilet paper it doesn't matter if it goes over or under you're gonna have to use two hands to rip yeah. it yeah kyle said rush dream Theater's no they have all dream theater is awesome dream theater is probably one of my all-time favorite mount rushmore bands that no dream theater is awesome. that's a band i didn't even yeah. know you were talking about bands when you said that you, I guess you don't like um like metal or uh you know it is I when I think metal my immediate thought is Dragon Force not anything else and mm. I'm that kind of metal fan Is that what is that metalcore or uh through fire and flames Never heard of You never heard of Oh my goodness Um Guitar Hero I don't play uh Modern video games. Got it. That's <laughs> probably where it comes from then. Anyway, we're going pretty long. I put links to all of Joe's stuff in the show notes or description box or whatever you want to call it. Thank you. Um, check him out. Uh, check out his uh, show. How you, Do you have like a set schedule of when you make videos or is it just I when usually you have time? Po- I usually post the video. I schedule it to premiere at 10. Well, not mm-hmm. premiere, but it comes up at 10 my long form content my mm. shorts come out at noon and my there's usually a poll at 8 a.m every day or yeah, every day so you're posting two videos a day yeah okay eric said great live stream well thanks for watching thanks for being here eric yep all right that's gonna do it i will be back on thursday morning for gig news this morning and then next uh a week from tomorrow i'm going to be interviewing atlanta deliver she's in england it'll be my first ever english uh our european gig tuber i not my first non-american i did interview precious lesko who's in toronto Ooh, that's uh, a few months ago she doesn't she doesn't make youtube anymore though all right so we're going to wrap it up here don't don't hang up uh joe i'll be right back all right so have a good night everybody and i will see you real soon leo says bye say bye dude Bye. Bye.